Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf, in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Welcome to another edition of Toka Backstage. This is Chris Wolf, the Executive Director of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation, and it is my extreme honor to be speaking with Mr. Jay White, who will be performing the, his tribute to Neil Diamond on Saturday, October 12th at the Armstrong Theater here in Torrance. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time. I certainly do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, Chris. Thank you for having me. So my first question, of course, is why Neil Diamond? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, boy, it's a, it's a long story, but I'll try and keep it somewhat brief. It started out back in Detroit, Michigan, uh, where I was performing in, uh, well, I was performing in uh, theater and uh, also in a top 40 band and also in an a cappella group over a period of about uh, four or five years. And, and during the course of the uh, top 40 band that I was in, we were just doing songs of that, you know, of that era back in the 80s. And, uh, and people would come up to me and say, boy, you know, you sound a lot like Neil Diamond when you sing. And the more I heard that, the more I thought, gee, I'm not really trying to sound like him because I was doing, you know, general top 40 tunes in this band. And uh, I thought to myself, I wonder if I actually made the effort to sound more like him. If Maybe maybe there's something more that could happen with this. And, and it turned out that uh, in 1983, there was a club owner in the Detroit area who decided to start a tribute show in his club. And he was going to run it five nights a week. And he was looking to audition people to, you know, to perform. And so... I had heard about it. I went in and I talked to him and uh, he had me come back and audition uh, six months later when they were getting ready to start the show. And uh, I auditioned and about a year after that, I quit my day job, which at the time I was selling life insurance, which was not all that exciting. And so uh, I, I did the two things, uh, you know, the insurance by day and singing at night for about a year. And then I uh, quit the day job and uh, haven't looked back ever since. Oh, that that's amazing. So from day job to global phenomenon of doing Neil Diamond, that's that's quite the uh quite the leap. Um, uh yeah, it's been quite a ride. It it took me a while obviously to to get to this point, but uh but it's been fun. Did you start your I mean, you were in a band, was that the ultimate goal was to make music your life or did you just sort of start it off as as a hobby? Yeah, it was just kind of a hobby. Same thing with theater. I actually started with uh, a couple of theater groups in the Detroit area that I started performing in plays. I was in The Music Man and Fiddler on the Roof and and productions like that. And uh, and it was just a hobby. It was at, you know doing it at night after work, and and nobody really got paid to do it. You did it uh, as part of the community. And and uh, the Top Forty band came up, and I think I was making uh, fifty dollars a night singing in the Top Forty band, and we were only doing that once a week for weddings or or you know maybe a, a you know some local a community function and and uh, and so yeah it was just a, a sideline that's something that I was doing for fun along with my hockey uh, semi hockey career that I had uh, grown up uh, doing as well <laughs> well you're a man of many many talents <laughs> and so you you're now correct me if I'm wrong but you're you're in Vegas now yeah I've lived in Vegas now for almost 30 years do you perform regularly in Vegas or is it just your touring that you do? Well, the, what brought me to Vegas was, uh, was, uh, John Stewart, who is the producer of legends in concert here in Las Vegas, uh, which has been a, an ongoing show since uh, the mid eighties. He brought me out to Vegas in 1989 
to audition for that show, and so I got that job. I know I was in that show for nine years uh, throughout most of the 90s, and then uh, shortly after that, a couple of years later, I went on the road for a couple of years, and then I, I had an opportunity to perform my own show at the Riviera uh, here in Las Vegas on the Strip, and so I did that for eight years. And so between those two, just those two shows alone, it kept me busy for 17 years. And so then after the uh, the show at the Riviera closed, uh, they actually ended up uh, tearing it down shortly after we left and starting over again on that corner. But um, so my band and I decided, okay, well, let's just keep things going here. We'll go back out on the road again. And so there's uh, you know several agencies around the country that I had been working with for the last several years. And they've been booking us in casinos and some private functions and some performing arts centers and places like that around the country. That's awesome. I, it's funny because knowing your history now a little bit better, it's we've had other tribute people come through and I, I of course looked at others and I've, a couple of them I've talked to were just like, this is my main focus. I, I mean, I, I love this artist and that was all I wanted to do, but it sounds like you had more of a musical more of a musical background starting out doing top 40. Did uh, Neil Diamond sort of grow on you or was there an immediate attraction to his music? You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, in 1978, uh, Neil brought his concert to Detroit area and a friend of mine said, hey, we should go see Neil Diamond in concert. And I said, well, what songs does he sing? And they said, oh, you know, Sweet Caroline and Crackman Rosie, songs like that. And I went, Oh, yeah, I've heard some of that stuff on the radio. Okay, well, you know what? Okay, let's go ahead and go. And so we uh, got tickets and went to the concert. And the guy came out on stage. The first song, the opening song, started playing. And he, he walked out on stage and sang that song. And I thought, wow, that's I like that song. And then he did the next you know, three or four. And I thought, wow, these are really good songs. And as he went through the whole two-and-a-half-hour concert that he did, I thought, wow, I can't believe I was never really familiar with this guy because this music I thought was phenomenal, and I, I, I thought his performance was incredible, and I thought the band was outstanding, and I thought, wow, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so I immediately became a fan and started buying the records as they came out after that and, and just listening to the music. At the time, I was a fan of the Beatles first uh, prior to Neil Diamond, and I was a fan of Cat Stevens and John Denver, uh, people like that whose records I would buy and listen to and, and sing along with at home, you know, as we all do, or in the car when the when the songs come on the radio. And, and just kind of as things developed and as one thing led to another, I eventually started seeking out opportunities to perform never really thinking that it was going to become a career uh, or a lifestyle or a lot, you know, it, I, it just kind of happened that way as I, as things developed, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's great. And I'm curious, having done Neil Diamond for so long, well, first of all, I think, I think there isn't a human being alive who can't say that Neil Diamond is, like their guilty pleasure. or And if they do say it, I think they're lying because I had a friend tell me, oh, I hate Neil Diamond. And then we were in the car and one of his songs started playing and I noticed he was singing along. So right. it's like one of those things that like, it, once it's in your head, you you can't get it out. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal songwriter, I think, you know, really. I think that's one of the things that attracts the general public to his music is that the things that he writes about, uh, certainly the ballads, of course, are all, a very kind of thought-provoking and, and introspective and, and 
but their experiences, the, the, the songs really kind of like the Bruce Springsteen and some others, obviously, over the years who've, who've written about feelings and things that we, we can all identify with. And I think that's why people like Springsteen and Denver and, and Neil Diamond, you know, become popular and, and are popular for a long, long time uh, after their careers begin. So, yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know if everyone knows, but I mean, Neil Diamond wrote a number of songs that he never recorded. I mean, didn't he write for the Beatles? I mean, the Monkees? Uh, he did write, uh, uh, when he first started out as a songwriter in, in uh, New York, he was, he was working Tin Pan Alley and, and, uh, as a songwriter and he got fired from seven publishing companies in seven years uh, because he was sitting down as a songwriter and trying to crank out songs for Bobby Darren and Bobby Vinton and, you know, the, the artists of the day in the sixties and, and nobody was buying his songs. And in 1966, some producers who in Hollywood who had put this monkeys group together for television, they needed songs for this group. And so they, they uh, went to New York and they went to Tin Pan Alley in the Brill building and, and they, uh, you know, talked to a lot of songwriters there and they extracted several songs from those writers and took them back to Hollywood. And three of the songs that they took with them were Neil Diamond tunes. Uh, again, this was before Diamond was a, a performer. He was just a songwriter. And, uh, and at one point in 66, his friends started to say, you know, you can sing, so why don't you put a demo together or something and, and see if you can get these songs heard. And, of course, when the Monkees hit with I'm a Believer, uh, the summer of 1966, that turned out to be the same summer that he came out with Solitary Man for the first time on on, uh, on a record label and, and uh, a Cherry Cherry. And so when those three songs kind of hit together that same summer, people started to kind of notice, well, who's, who wrote those songs? And, oh, oh, the same guy that sang Cherry Cherry? No kidding. Okay, yeah. And so kind of his career kind of snowballed from there. Isn't it amazing how sometimes it's just, you know, luck of the draw in this, in yeah. this industry? It's crazy. So when as a guy who's been doing Neil Diamond for a while, Imagine that it's, I mean, you have sort of a set, um, you know, you, you, the set that you, you do. Is there one particular song that you look forward to singing the most, or is it all, are you equally in love with all of them? Well, I mean, I, I, I certainly I like all of them. I'm, I'm you know, I, again, I'm a fan of the music first. But I guess the ones that, are, that I enjoy the most, especially in performance, are the ones that the audience seems to enjoy the most, of course. And so because then we're... We're kind of playing off one another, and and we're all we're all just having such a great time. And that would be songs like Sweet Caroline, of course, and and uh, Forever in Blue Jeans is a big crowd pleaser, and America is a big crowd pleaser, and then the, some of the ballads as well, uh, songs like uh, Love on the Rocks that everyone is familiar with, and and um, uh, you know I am I said, which is kind of his most autobiographical song, which is you know which is certainly a you know an emotional heart rendering song, and so. So yeah, I, I, those are those are some of my favorites, though. Awesome. And then you, I, I noticed in your in your um, your promotional material, you actually have a quote from Neil Diamond. So did you actually meet him at some point? We've had the opportunity to meet on two separate occasions. Uh, the first time was in 1997. He brought his show to Las Vegas for the first time in 20 years. He had been here in '76, and he came back in '97. And uh, we got a chance to meet backstage at the MGM Grand where he was performing. Uh, I had you know, someone I was working with at the time called his publicist, and they had heard of me. They kind of heard that there was this guy that was singing his songs and performing as him. And, and so they arranged it, and we went, I went backstage, and, 
and uh, we took a photograph together and he signed the photo for me uh, afterwards and gave it to me and, and uh, yeah the, what he signed on the photo was Jay keep singing so I can stay home and relax and I thought that was about the best compliment I could have gotten and then five years later in 2002 again when he was back in Vegas I got a chance again to go backstage and meet him and say hello and that particular night they had a video camera uh, pointed at the two of us um, while we were meeting backstage, he was in costume already, and so we were just chatting for maybe only about five minutes or so. And and but they had a camera back there, and so kind of noticed it, but didn't notice that I was kind of focused on having a conversation with him. And and again, we took a, another couple of photos together. Uh, and but six months later, uh, that was the end of '97. Was the end of his tour that year, and they had done a world tour, and so they were filming the entire year, every city they went to all over the world, and. And then they compiled a, a like a DVD box set, a CD box set with one DVD in it and that had, uh, I think it was five CDs and, and one DVD. Uh, and they brought, put that out about six months after the tour was over. And a friend of mine called me in the middle of the day and said, Jay, did you see Neil Diamond's new you know, box set that just came out? It's called Stages. And I said, no, no. And she said, run out and get it because you're on it. And I said, what? So I I went out and bought the the set and brought it home and popped the DVD uh, into the player. And, and uh, the video is, uh, it's in two parts. The first part is the concert that he performed. I think it was in Ireland, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that, that tour. And so there was uh, several songs from, from Ireland on that tour. And then the second part of the video was a behind the scenes look at Neil and the band on the road. And uh, so, of course, they showed them, you know, in their hotel room and they showed them rehearsing, you know, uh, on stage uh, for the concert in the middle of the afternoon and, and had conversations with different band members and things that were going on. And one of the clips that they showed were was of Neil and I meeting backstage. And uh, uh, and so I thought, you know, I, and the, what he had said to me when we were what was part of that clip was um, he just told me to keep up the good work and uh, he appreciated what I was doing. And. And I thought, well, boy, I, I I don't think I could get a better endorsement than, you know, than what I've been given here by him on two separate occasions. So, so I feel very flattered, very honored, and very pleased. I've I've also been fortunate enough to uh, I have, I actually met his mom before I met him, and uh, when I was in Legends in concert back in the mid '90s, and she had come to Las Vegas, and she had heard about this guy performing in this Legends show, and. Uh, the show consisted of about, of about five different uh, tribute acts, and we each came out and only did about 15 minutes each. And so, uh, anyway, she came to Vegas and and uh, came down to see the show, and and uh, I, I watched her. She was sitting right in the front row, and she was you know bouncing and clapping and and singing along with everything that I was doing. And and I thought, oh boy, you know, if I can if I can get her endorsement, you know, if she likes what I'm doing, I'm in good shape. But if she doesn't like what I'm doing, I'm done, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And so anyway, we met backstage or we met uh, after the show was over out in the lobby and we she and I also took a picture together. And she came out or when I came out at the, the door and, and saw her and spotted her, she put her hands up to her face and she said, oh, my God, you're just like my son on stage. And I thought, well, that's about the best compliment I could get, too. So so I, I like I said, I feel very fortunate and lucky. And, and even now today, I uh, the band that we put together, I, I've been using uh, several guys from Las Vegas that I've been working with for quite a few years and and uh, but just recently because Neil Diamond has retired from doing concerts because he uh, recently uh, uh, retired because of uh, Parkinson's disease that he uh, he has Parkinson's and so not going to be touring anymore I guess he's going to continue to write songs 
and maybe perform here and there now and then, although we're kind of waiting to see if that's going to happen. But uh, but I know he's spending a lot of time with family. Well, some a couple of his band members uh, that have been playing with him uh, for several years, one of which is his name is King Arison. And King has been with Neil since uh, 1974. And so King's been playing quite a bit with us uh, or just over the last uh, 10 years or so even. Uh, when he was not on tour with Neil, he'd play with us. And and so it's just it's worked out even better than I ever hoped it could. Yeah, going from, from a cover band to, like I said, a global phenomenon, because you, you tour all over the place with this show. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. Uh, we've gone to a couple couple different countries, and we've got some things lined up coming up. We're, uh, we're talking to some people in uh, the Netherlands and also in England and uh, in Australia. And so we're hoping to uh, maybe sometime next year make our way to, to those uh, countries as well. That's great. And so part of what uh, the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation does besides do a season of shows is what we like to um, – encourage and, and, and mentor young you know artists who are trying to find their way in the in in the business so sure. one of the things i'd like to ask uh people that we talk to is are there any words of wisdom that you as a touring professional might give somebody you know uh, I've, I've wondered about that too with with other people who've had you know even greater success than i've had over the years and and wondered you know what was their path and what and it's funny because everyone's path is different, obviously. I mean, everybody comes from a different place. And and I guess the only thing I can really suggest is if you're passionate about music, about singing, about performing, about writing, if you have a passion for that and you have even a small talent for that, that uh, just to continue to pursue it, pursue it wherever and whenever you can. Like I said, I was I was doing musical theater and I was in a an acapella group uh, that I sang with for a few years and and then uh, you know the top forty band and and so it, it, you just try to get involved in as many different things as you can because if you're passionate about something, it means that you'll keep finding ways to do it and it, the more you do it and the, the, you know, as the years go by, you're going to get better and better and better at that, whatever it is, whether it's music or something else. And so consequently, eventually, somebody is going to notice how good you are at doing whatever it is you do, uh, because you've done it now for several years. You're passionate about it. You've gotten better at it. And eventually, somebody's going to be willing to pay you to do that. And so I, I basically, I think I can say, find your passion stick with it and and uh, good things not always but certainly more often than not it seems good things can happen so yeah that's well said well said and, and i think that sort of everyone holds to that is find your passion and stick with it right um and lastly when people come to this show obviously it, neil is no longer you know touring right now but when they come to this what what do you hope people walk away from your performance with? Well, uh, one of the things that I noticed about Neil's performance when I first saw him in the 70s and then all through the 80s uh, when I would go to concerts is his interaction with the audience, his his playfulness with the audience. He would have fun with the audience. So the audience wasn't going there and sitting in their seats and just watching someone perform. They were going there to be part of the celebration that was going on. And so that's what I, you know, uh, felt very strongly about trying to recreate in our shows is that is that the audience walks away going, God, that was so much fun. I had somebody say to me uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show and somebody came up to me afterwards and said, 
God, it felt like it was so short. I thought you only did like 30 minutes and we did over an hour and a half, you know, <laughs> and, the, and the, so like I said, the whole point is to make sure that everyone else is having such a great time that the time just kind of flies by. And when they leave, they think, well, we got to see this show again. And, and more often than not, it happens that way. That's great. Well, Jay, we're, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, people can definitely see and hear more of you on Saturday, October 12th at 8 p.m. at the Armstrong Theater when you bring the, your tribute to Neil Diamond. Thank you so much for making the time. I certainly do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. We're looking forward to the event, and I, I hope to see everybody down there. We'll Hopefully, we'll pack the house. I, I'm, you're almost there now, so yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.